Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. What's up? Hope you are well. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with you for two more hours here until 10 o'clock tonight. 312-644-6767. We are going to talk about the Chicago Cubs and some things that Jed Hoyer, the Cubs president of baseball operations, said today on the score. We'll get to that momentarily. I also have a Bears call waiting that I will not deny. And... uh, the Bulls, if you haven't heard, they are making news left and right tonight. Let's give you the rundown. Lonzo Ball agrees on a four-year, $85 million deal with the Bulls in a sign-and-trade. The trade part, the Bulls trade guard Thomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick to New Orleans for that. The Bulls also tonight, just a short while ago, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, have signed a backup point guard Alex Caruso four years 37 million dollars a year 27 years old 6.4 points a game 2.8 you're gonna like him just just wait till you see him just wait till you see if you you didn't watch a lot of Lakers backup point guards last year just check out Alex Caruso (laughs) I got a feeling he's gonna be one of those very popular players with the Chicago Bulls because he plays like a guy who would command popularity so those two moves made by the bulls daniel tice with the bulls for a minute last year is now with the houston rockets so and and yes two things you should know about the chicago bulls other than the the two signings alice caruso and lonzo ball they still have lowry marketing they still have kobe white but it's possible that those two guys will not be around with the bulls but Who knows? We are tracking throughout the night. We will continue to let you know what is going on with the Chicago Bulls. Before we get to the Chicago Cubs, let me take the Bears call. It is Jordan in Vernon Hills. Jordan, thanks for waiting. You're on the score. Jordan's gone. As it turns out, I didn't need to thank Jordan because Jordan didn't wait. (laughs) Let's uh, Let's get to the baseball. 
because this is where I was going to start tonight. But then just before my show started, the bull stuff started breaking. So we pulled an audible, and uh, I'm happy we did. So let's talk Cubs and White Sox right now. We will start with the Cubs. Both Cubs and Sox are off tonight. The Cubs will start one up in uh, Colorado tomorrow, and I believe Rafael Ortega is batting one, two, three, four, and 5 in the lineup tomorrow, which is a good thing. Entertain the, the, the entertaining three-homer-a-day 30-year-old Rafael Ortega. But Jed Hoyer was was on the score today, and we all know what we're talking about. Anthony Rizzo, Craig Kimbrell, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, all traded, all gone from the Chicago Cubs. Ryan Tapera, if you'd like to throw in there as well. The big boys are gone from the Cubs. The core has been the, the core that won the World Series in 2016. The mighty, mighty Cubs core has been has been broken up. And there were three things that caught my ear today that Jed Hoyer said on the score to Bernstein and Rahimi. And the first thing was something that I've been talking to you guys about for a long time. And that although the the spontaneous dispersal of all these players was shocking and jarring, and anybody who says it wasn't, even people who are locked in and insiders on everything that's going on with the baseball, they, they can't admit that what we all saw last week with the breakup, how sudden it was, how final it felt. If, if you weren't surprised by that, then I think that you're lying. So, yes, of course I was surprised that it happened so furiously on, uh, on those days last week. Of course I was surprised by it. But this has been coming for a long time. Something like this has been coming for a long time. And that's the first thing I, I want to hear from Jed Hoyer right now and on why this actually happened and that it's been coming since essentially 2018. Here's Jed. You know, first of all, I would say that, you know, a lot of things this winter, you know, were on the sort of backdrop of COVID. You know, it was very unclear, you know, to everyone, you know, what, you know, when we'd be at full capacity, what our payroll would be. And I think that, you know, with these um, players that have, you know, have had great careers here, I think every year they get more and more expensive. So we sort of had a kind of a big, you know, kind of a, a roster with, with big bones and, and we were trying to you know, do what we could to, to win with this group, but also knowing that, you know, given where we were financially, it wasn't a, a group, we couldn't, you know, make you know, huge investments in, you know, with this group. So, you know, we knew we had to thread the needle a little bit going into the season. You know, we tried to make a number of late um, acquisitions to try to supplement the group. And I think for a, for, a, for a time, I think that worked, you know, we had a really good May, early June, but ultimately, um, you know, the team struggled and, you know, we struggled from a, from a starting pitching standpoint, but we also, we have to be honest. We also really struggled from an offensive standpoint. And I think that, um, you know, this group as, as talented as they were, you know, um, we, you know, Theo kind of described it in 2018 that we you know, broke offensively. Um, that was with this group of players. I think that in, in 19 and 20 and 21, we saw the same thing that um, we had a, a really remarkable collection of, of individual talents, but as a group, um, it didn't it didn't add up to being the offense that we thought. And frankly, the performances were, were not excellent. And so I think as a result, we, we were left with an offense that you know was expensive, was talented, uh, had great history. But this offense, as a group, uh, certainly was not an elite offense by by any means. And I think that you know that with 
you know, with a, a starting pitching staff that, that, you know, that, that obviously wasn't able to get deep in games really kind of, kind of, you know, set the, set the, uh, you know, set the course for what this team would be, you know, the bullpen kept us in the, in the race for a while with incredible performances, but that wasn't enough. And once we had the 11 game losing streak and once Milwaukee took off, it felt like the, you know, the, like I said, the clear right thing to do uh, was um, to really focus on the future at the deadline. In a really nice way, and that is Jed Hoyer, the president of Cubs baseball operations, on the score today with Bernstein and Rahimi. He gave you the the entire decline of the Cubs because 2018, Cubs go to the playoffs, fourth straight year in the postseason, which which was the longest streak in franchise history. They lost the game 163 to Milwaukee for the NL Central. So the Brewers come and steal the division from the Cubs, essentially. Then the Cubs lose the wildcard game to Colorado 2-1 to one at Wrigley Field. That was as depressing and as abrupt as it gets, and that was when it was still the one game and you're out. Coin flip wildcard game. They were gone. They're out of it. 2019, Cubs were over 500 that year, 84-78. and 78. They didn't make the playoffs that year, and that was the first time they hadn't made the playoffs since 2014, and the cost that year wasn't a player. It wasn't one of the core members, which it probably should have been at that time. They can Joe Madden instead. So that's a mistake that year. But Jed Hoyer and, and Theo Epstein, really more on Theo Epstein, instead of following up and backing up their words about how the offense essentially had been pathetic at the end of 2018. And maybe you could even go back to 2017 in the NLCS if you'd like against the Dodgers. But instead of starting to slow play and slowly eliminate the, the core and maybe begin a contact era, then they can the manager and and probably a, a hitting coach too. I can't even keep up with all the hitting coaches. They probably can't a hitting coach that year too. <laughs> but it was Joe Madden. Joe Madden takes the hit. So they do nothing, and and then you you head into 2020. David Ross takes over. We have a pandemic. It's 60 games. The the Cubs did win the National League Central that year, and then looky here swept by the Marlins because because the Cubs did not hit the baseball. So again, it was a, a slide out towards the the end of the year. So they do nothing after 2018. They do nothing after 2019 when they don't even make the playoffs. And then here we are in 2020 and they're swept by the damn Marlins. And what are they doing? Nothing of consequence in terms of the core. Oh, they eliminated their best pitcher in Yu Darvish and still haven't given a straight answer as to why that was done. They eliminate the the runner-up for Cy Young, but no change to the core and the real issues of the offense not being able to be consistent throughout the entire season and essentially costing them. And then, so in doing that, you created another problem. You didn't have a starting staff. You have no starting pitching now. You got one starter. Kyle Hendricks. That's it. There was nothing else that you could, no other player that you could hand the baseball to on the Cubs this year and say, yep, I'm pretty sure we're going to win today. Nobody, not one guy on that staff. Nobody. Edward Alzali, no. He gave up home runs this year. Couldn't couldn't pitch to lefties. Um, Zach Davies, no, sir. There, the, He had his moments. 
this year, but far from a dependable guy, a, a four or five starter in Major League Baseball, ultimately. Jake Arrieta, nope, didn't happen this year. Trevor Williams had some moments. The, the dad story was great and cool, but nothing. You weren't getting anything out of Trevor Williams this year. So Alec Mills, nope. No hitter last year. Still don't know how that happened against Milwaukee. But so so you weak so th- instead of fixing the core and adding contact and doing the things that you've been talking about since 2018, you got rid of one of your 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 best pitchers and you left the team with no starting pitching. And the same things happened with the offense this year that have been happening since the National League Championship Series in 2017. That's a problem. So they knew it was coming. I wanted to play that cut for you because I think it maybe helps Cubs fans to know why this has happened, that they just weren't getting anywhere. And the expectation is to get places as the Cubs. This is not the past where it was okay just to make the playoffs and have a fun regular season. That ain't it anymore for the Cubs. All right. So that now the next question is, that I thought was really interesting on Bernstein and Rahimi today. Jed Hoyer on why was nobody extended? Not one of those players extended. Let's listen to Jed Hoyer. Yeah, I think that's always going to be my great frustration. Um, but at the same time, I say that, um, you know, I put my, my head on the pillow every night knowing that we did everything we could to, to extend these guys. Um, you know, I think that, as I said, the day after the, or, or right after the trade deadline, you know, that I think the offers that we made will stand up exceptionally well historically. Um, I don't know why we weren't able to reach extensions. Um, we sort of put ourselves out there to do that. And ultimately, um, you know, obviously, you know, those players didn't feel like that the offers we made um, were good enough. And I think that's, that's the bottom line. But um, do I feel like they, those things will hold up incredibly well historically? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm proud of that. You know, that you know, we did put ourselves out there. We did try to extend. Um, and frankly, every member of the core, whether it's the people that we traded on, um, on Friday or whether it's the people that have, have left previously, um, we've always made it, you know, uh, tried to extend these guys, made overtures to extend them, been aggressive in our mind. And unfortunately, um, it wasn't reciprocated. And that's something that did uh, sort of lead to what happened on Friday, that we were not able to reach those kind of extensions. See, this brings up another question. That Again, that's Jed Hoyer essentially saying that he feels strongly that they made fair offers to some of these guys. And Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, maybe Javier Baez as well. And these guys, and, and I've talked about this a lot with you guys about Chris Bryant. I never knew what he wanted. I don't, I don't know. I still don't know if he wanted to be back here. He loved Chicago. He loved his time here. He teared up when he was traded. He got emotional, but he seems perfectly happy in San Francisco now and gave indications, or maybe he's just playing the game. Gave indications that, that San Fran is where he's always wanted to be. You know, he's, he is a Cali kid and or a Vegas kid, but he went to college in San Diego. What does Chris Bryant want? I think we're going to find out. So there is that that did, 
I think Anthony Rizzo out of that group is the only one that I believe truly would have liked to have been here. And if he had gotten more money, he he would have. Like I think he he was the most honest in in playing the game of I love Chicago and I want to be in Chicago and I, the fans are great and blah 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 blah. I think Rizzo is the one that I believed most on that. Not even Baez. Like, I believe that Baez loved the fans. I believe he loves Wrigley Field. I believe he loves Chicago. But I also believe that he probably loves New York, too, and could probably love Los Angeles and be an entertainer in any big market. I do think he needs a big market, but I think he'll be a perfectly happy baseball player in any big market. So it's logical for, for these guys to test free agency. But at this point, I don't know if any of those guys wanted to be back here beyond Anthony Rizzo. And I do find that I do find that interesting. And I also don't think any of these guys are going to be back either. Like the, Jed Hoyer left the door open, said he was serious about keeping lines of communication open with all those free agents and with their agents, and that he would listen. But I think that this is this is this is the clean break. And that while in the first 48 hours, the idea of getting back together sounds comfortable. It's like comfort food. The idea in your brain of yeah, we could just get back together. If this doesn't feel good, I could quickly go back to the X and make everything feel comfortable. I think in due time that all parties are going to be happier, not necessarily happier away from each other, but they will find out that there is life beyond being with each other, that San Francisco might be what Chris Bryant needs, that Javier Baez is, Baez is going to learn to love New York. Like Baez is going to be over Chicago, I think, in about a week. I think it's going to take more time for Anthony Rizzo, but even he, Mr. Cub, Anthony Rizzo, who loved everything Cubsness and Chicagoness, is probably going to learn that there is life outside of Jed Hoyer and the Chicago Cubs and will be much more comfortable signing someplace else that's not the Cubs or maybe not even the New York Yankees next year. So and and then the Cubs are also going to realize that as well that as emotional as it feels as like there there is some personal in this with Jed Hoyer because of his attachment in specific to Anthony Rizzo being with him at every stop Boston San Diego and then the Cubs Andrew Kashner. So I think yeah I don't think any of these guys are coming back maybe there's some like later on in life like later in the baseball careers, when the Cubs are good again, hey, Javier Baez, his, his three, his he's going to opt out and come back to the Cubs. Same Rizzo, Brian, maybe, maybe that happens again. Maybe someday we meet again, but it ain't going to happen next year. I'd be shocked. All right, one more cut that that I want to play from Jed Hoyer from Bernstein and Rahimi today. This is the third of my big three with Jed Hoyer. All right, because this is where we are now. Beyond today, we can't be nostalgic, but beyond. Um, Jed Hoyer now on when will the Cubs be good again? I think we were incredibly proud as a group of the returns we're able to get. I mean, these were, you know, the rental uh, position player market is a difficult market. You know, I think with the, with given the, uh, what, you know, the players that we were, you know, trying to trade, I think, I think our returns were excellent. I'm really proud of our group for you know, the players we were able to get for them. And the, the honest thing is, you know, you know, when you say it doesn't look quick, you know, that to me is very unclear. People expect a declaration of when we are going to be good. And the honest answer is I don't know yet, because I think part of it is trying to figure out, you know, what does the next CBA look like? Mm-hmm. What are the free agent markets look like going forward? How quickly do these players develop? You know, I think, that, I think the idea that we have exactly that we know exactly what the puzzle looks like right now, 
We don't. But I will tell you that, you know, I'm, I'm very confident it's not going to look anything like it looked uh, in 2012 and 13. That's not what we're looking at. That's not what we're going for. Yeah, they they are not Judd Hoyer again. They're not going to let the bottom drop out this time. It's it's not something that Tom Ricketts nor Judd Hoyer or anybody in that organization. It I don't think they can afford to do what they did in 12, 13, and 14 to just let themselves become Nate Shearholtz. It'll be more Jock Peterson, I think, next year, where you sign like legit dudes to one-year deals to placate, and then I think the real stuff would happen the year after. And I, I honestly, I think next year, is in terms of expectations, is going to feel a lot like this year, to where eh, maybe we could do something. Maybe we'll spend some time in first place, but probably not. So I think that's the way. They'll, they'll be middling. Uh, I don't think the bottom will drop out. The Cubs have $44 million guaranteed um, on the books right now, in other words, they have a lot of money that they could spend if if they would like. But I think next year, like I said, think Jock Peterson types, like that that type of guy, whether in the outfield or the infield or pitching or bullpen. It's going to be you know guys that are good, decent. That hey, if things go right, maybe maybe we could win. Maybe thing maybe we can get in this week, you know, squeak into a playoff spot. Maybe, but probably not. Probably not. Um, unless they bring back you Darvish. So that's the, that's the way I look at it. I also want to invite you to, like I, I gave a, about an hour long podcast on everything having to do with the Chicago Cubs. A lot of what I was just talking about right now, but also my experiences with Anthony Rizzo, with Chris Bryant, with Javier Baez, individual experiences with those guys on a professional basis. In my time, covering the Cubs, doing pre and post, some you know, stuff on being on the charter with Anthony Rizzo on the night of the World Series, um, some things I learned about Javier Baez playing defense, and then just the overall um, well-mannered, great demeanor of Chris Bryant. Um, I talk about it all, and, and in this podcast, multiple um and you and if you want to you could just fast forward to the eddie vetter, eddie vetter parts because there's stories you probably heard and probably stories you haven't heard about eddie vetter and uh my guy brian mitchell kind of interviews me about all of it so it's it um it might give you a little closure on the cubs just my full experiences with that group with that core and then the fun with eddie vetter as well you could find the podcast on a, any of my social media i got it on twitter I have it on Instagram. I have it on Facebook. It's on, on Instagram. It's in my bio. You can download it and listen to it. You don't have to like it or any of that silly stuff. There's no charge, nothing. I don't want any of your information. I just I, I think you might enjoy listening to it. So check it out if if you would like the Cubs podcast on any of my social media. And I think it's up on like some of the the I don't think it's on oh no, it is on Apple Podcast now. So and it's called the Northside Nine. So so check it out. I would certainly appreciate that. We're gonna keep the Cubs talk cooking. If you if you like the call, and my question for you Cubs fans is what are you willing to accept right now in terms of rebuild and what was knocked down? If there are still some loose ends that you would like to express, 312-644-6767. And then David Ross becomes an interesting subject, too, going forward. 
I'll talk about him. And then White Sox fans, don't you worry. We're going to get into it because it's so good for the White Sox right now. I'm Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. You know, kind of debunked the notion that we did not want to, to extend these players and that we didn't try hard to do so. And I think that's it's really important. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about individual negotiations or what was said or who we talked to, but as a group, that was something we tried hard. And I know, you know, speaking somewhat for Theo and for me, it was, it was always a source of frustration that we weren't able to get any of those across the finish line other than, than Kyle Hendricks, who, um, you know, really respect the fact that, you know, he kind of rolled up his sleeves with us and we got to a deal that, that we felt like made sense for both sides. As Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, much as all these guys love playing at Wrigley Field and in Chicago, they didn't like it that much. Not to the point of not wanting to test free agency. You know, even Anthony Rizzo was like, give me more money. There's no home team discount. Same with Javier Baez and Chris Bryant. I mean, and I get it. Like, I, I'm totally down with that. And I, like I said, the only guy that I think really, really felt attach- that attachment to Chicago, like for real, real, is Anthony Rizzo. Not Chris Bryant, not Javier Baez. I think they liked it here, but not enough to like, accept a what Jed Hoyer is calling, and I believe it, they probably offered him a pretty damn good contract, but when there are agents, and one of them is Scott Boris in the case of Chris Bryant, then... They will strongly urge their clients to, or he will urge his clients to test the free agent market. And we just don't know. We never knew what was really on Chris Bryant's mind in terms of, was he mad about service time? Did he really like playing in Chicago? Did he always want to be out West closer to home? So those are all questions. And and interesting to hear Jed Hoyer, quite frankly, sounding flustered that they weren't able to sign any of those guys. I don't think they're going to be able to sign all of them, nor do I know think that they necessarily wanted to, but you know, the, they clearly had made their decision on Kyle Schwarber. I do believe that their goal would have been to bring back Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo for sure. The bias one, I'm not as sure about, but you know, Anthony Rizzo out of all of those guys probably fits in the best in terms of what, I think the Cubs are trying to accomplish in the next regime, or I should say the next core, and that's guys that can can hit the ball over the wall and, you know, hit with, with two strikes. 3-1-2-6-44-67-67. Mark Rody here with you on the score. Going to get to some of your Cubs calls here in just a second, but there is more news in the NBA. The Derrick Rose dream is over. Derrick Rose is reportedly signing a three-year, $43 million deal with the New York Knicks. So he will stay there. They obviously have a good thing going to the Knicks, and in particular with that guy, with Derrick Rose. So Rose, not a Chicago Bull. If you didn't hear the other Bulls news earlier, Lonzo Ball agrees on a four-year, $85 million deal with the Bulls in a sign-and-trade. Bulls move Thomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick to New Orleans in the process. The Bulls also signed a backup point guard, Alex Caruso, from the Lakers, four years, $37 million. And Daniel Tice, now an ex-Bull, signing with the Houston Rockets. Let's start here on the old phones at 312-644-6767 with Joe in St. Charles. Hi, Joe. You're on the score. Hey, good evening. Um, 
not to rip off Alfred Hitchcock or anything, but anyway, you know, the regular person has a concept of team. And I think people need to figure out that professional athletes don't think of team the same way, not even close. I agree. I, I, I don't think that athletes start thinking about team until they've gotten their dough. Um, and that's human nature. I mean, when you come into the league, you're, ah, you want to win. But first things first, prove your worth and literally get your worth in the form of dollars. And, th- and then you see players, once they reach that status, then you see them wanting to ditch their teams and go play with winners. It's, it's pretty typical. Right, Joe? All right, Joe. Th- Joe, thanks for the call. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm not sure if I uh, got the, the Alfred Hitchcock thing. Did I miss that? Always love hearing from Joe. The, Joe, thanks for the call, man. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that is true. And I, I, I'd probably be like that if I had the ability to make millions and had the talent to play professional baseball. Hell yeah, I'd want to get my whatever million. And then I'll worry about winning. That's probably the way they should do it. It's probably the way they are advised to do it. And there are exceptions, but that you're right, Joe. Let's go to Ron in Lombard. Ron, you're on the score. You guys, listen, uh, I want to say one thing about the Cubs fans. The thing about the Ricketts are that they know that they got five aces in their hand. When you have five aces, you're not going to lose the hand. And that fifth ace is the, is the fan. Our, you know, this is not, this, when you're dealing with the Cubs, you're dealing with America's team. Not a baseball team. You're dealing with America. Forget the Cowboys. Forget the Yankees. Forget this team. As you watch television, what do you hear all the time? Let's go Cubbies in Pittsburgh. Let's go Cubbies in San Francisco. When they played Texas two years ago, there was all Cub fans there. This is the kind of team that you're dealing with that you demolish this team. When you pay $56 for a spring training ticket, 56 that means... When you pay that kind of money and everybody else is paying eight dollars for White Sox tickets or Dodger tickets and you can't and it's sixteen thousand eight hundred and eighty eight people every game, that's the thing you're dealing with. And for them to do that to a team is wrong. Absolutely wrong. All right, Ron. I, I appreciate the call. It it is a massive fan base. There is no doubt about it. There are different expectations for this organization now. And in terms of is this fair to the fans, I think that the Cubs recognize ultimately that it's not. And that's why, that is why Jed Hoyer refuses to use the word rebuild. That is why he gets or sounds somewhat, I don't know, flustered is the right word, but I'm going to use that word when he talks about I don't know what the next step is. I don't know. I've got money to work with, but we have youngsters that we might want to farm and and make, hopefully they'll blossom someday. So we might need a year. We might need a year to, to lose, but we ain't letting the bottom drop out like we did in 2012 and 2013 because I don't think anybody could stomach that. I don't think, believe it or not, I don't think ownership could stomach that. I think that the majority of the fan base probably could not stomach that. So... I think that is a when when Jed Hoyer is has been asked the question in the last week several times, including here on the score today by by Dan and Layla, 
about is this a rebuild? He 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 gets he gets a little defensive because he he doesn't know. He's not sure what what it's going to be or how he's going to build it or how fast it will be. But I think he knows that it can't be the the lead up to 2015. It's got to be different um, in terms of how they do it. And every time he says that, that is a nod to Cubs fans. And there are some Cubs fans who are just not going to be satisfied right now. And I'm not here to, to tell you you should be. Like when, when Anthony Rizzo, Craig Kimbrell, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant all go within a period of 48 hours, that is jarring. Cubs screwed up in that way because, like I said, they should have slow rolled this a little bit more and and actually followed through with their words on maybe needing to make changes and then they never did and then they they put this they put Cubs fans on blast by doing it over a 48 hour period that is tough tough to stomach so I'm not gonna like tell the Cubs fans you guys that you should just perk up and be happy and look forward to the rebuild and start following the double A and triple A Cubs no they put you through a lot, man. That's a lot. That's a lot to stomach. So I get it, man. I get it. Uh three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Adam in Bloomington. Hi Adam, you're on the score. Hey, good evening, Mark. How you doing? Good. How are you, Adam? Hey, I'm doing good. Hey, just a, a unique story I just heard the other night. Uh, a close friend of mine, uh, his son is a Saint Jude uh child and uh they had it aligned in a couple weeks to go up to a Cubs game and meet Anthony Rizzo and go out in the field and throw the first pitch, meet the players, the whole nine yards. And, uh, well, of course, everything happened with Rizzo. And literally the day or the day after he got traded, he got a letter from a representative from Rizzo, and he signed it. And basically he said, you know, sorry, we can't make this work, but if next year I'm back in the city – whether he was alluding to playing in Wrigley or coming back to play, I'd love to follow through with this and, and make something happen where, you know, we can meet you. And kid, the kid was torn, of course, you know, a, a five-year-old boy not being able to meet his idol of a baseball player, but just the gesture of Rizzo still reaching out, and that's the kind of guy he is. And I miss him. I think he was the best, my favorite player, and I hope he comes back, and I think he will. Uh, I really think in his heart he's a tough for life. Adam, good stuff. Thank you for the call, and I'm glad that it went in the right direction. I was getting a little bit worried that it might go the other way, but that that's, I like to hear positive stories like that. And who knows? You know, it is possible that, that – like, my gut is no, none of these guys are coming back. But, you know, it's not out of the question. Um, a good text here. Mark, Jed Hoyer is frustrated because he has no idea what the collective bargaining agreement is going to be and doesn't want a bad contract like – like Hayward's. Yeah, that, that is true. I have not mentioned that aspect of it. And Hoyer was asked about that too. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows if baseball will be played in April next year or May, or if there'll be some sort of stalemate in regards to that. I mean, we all, we all are anticipating that it's going to get ugly based on just how ugly it's been in the past. Hell, the trying to figure out a 60 game season last year was ridiculous and ugly and things were said and, um, things got to change, and there's no, there is no sign that the two sides are gonna play well together <laughs> at this point. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That is, uh, that is a very good point. Um, all right, I got to take a break. We want to squeeze in a couple more calls here about any of the things that we've been talking about because we've been heavy on the Bulls tonight with all the dealings that have been going on. 
Um, the Bears and then the Cubs, and we will get to the White Sox as well. 312-644-6767. It's Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. I think you should wait until you see after we, what we do this winter to decide what we're going to do. Like, I don't know what we're going to do yet. So no one knows what we're going to do yet. We're going to sit down and we're going to figure out the right path to try to build a, a championship team. And like, sometimes that path might make, might mean like letting the garden grow for a long time because you need to let those prospects mature. And sometimes it may mean accelerating it through free agency. Like, I don't know the answer, but like this idea that like, anyone knows how we're going to pursue it. I, I don't know yet. We're going to do the right thing strategically. And I think we have to figure that out. And, you know, sometimes opportunities are what determine that. I actually, believe it or not, I actually like that answer. And I know that sounds odd because he's saying, I don't know. But we always demand transparency. And usually we think transparency comes in the way of talk here's why you darvish was a salary dump you know saying something like that just being totally and completely honest sometimes it's okay in the moment to say you don't know and he better have some ideas yeah and it and i think he does and I, I just don't think he knows what avenue is going to be best for him to take. And as the texter pointed out, this, some of it has to do with the CBA. Some of it has to do with legitimate options that Jed Hoyer has for the Chicago Cubs. And there, there's a lot of money that's going to be available. They've, they're, they're locked in for $44 million on their payroll. That means if they want to spend like crazy next year and put the band back together with different band members... You know, the, the Sammy Hagar version as opposed to the Eddie Van Halen or the David Lee Roth version. Uh, that's cool. I mean, that that is a potential option. And as you heard Jed Hoyer say there, letting the garden grow a little bit and building from within. And the next round of Chris Bryant and Javier Baez and Kyle Schwarber and Addison Russell and Anthony Rizzo. You're, Wilson Contreras. Wilson's still there. He's still there. Um, don't let our don't let double L go, man. Don't let double L go. But I I kind of like that because he is saying that there are things that they can do. They don't know what they're going to do. Instead of here's why I like it. Instead of making up some BS about what they're going to do and and ha, hey have high hopes and we're going to win the division next year. We expect to be in the playoffs next year. And you just watch what we're going. to... I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Give me, give me a minute. Let me absorb all this. I got options. I got like, there's legit things that he knows, and I, he has, he knows the paths that he can take. He just doesn't know which one he's going to take. So, and this is not me excusing or enabling him because he's got a lot to show us now. This is the pressure is on Jed. So you want to be the president of baseball operations for the Cubs. You want to be the number one. You don't want to be the guy not getting questions next to Theo Epstein. Here you go. Here you go in a big way. And this is not just filling in holes season after season like the Cubs would try to do. This is, hey, man, here you go. Build it back up, and you better do it quickly because it's Chicago and it's the damn Cubs. And guess what? The honeymoon is already over with Jed Hoyer. It's it's over. So, and some people have already divorced him. 
because of the spontaneous combustion of the, the Chicago Cubs. 3-1-2-6-44-67-67. I'm Mark Grody. Paul, you are in DeKalb and you are on the score. Hi, Paul. Yeah, thanks. Hey, I was kind of frustrated with the whole thing when I was at the game on Thursday and I saw Brian Rizzo not in the lineup. So I've got, but I've been through the stages of grief, I think, now. And I'm kind of to a realistic point. I don't think it would have been a good idea for the Cubs to have re-signed some of these guys a long-term contracts two years ago. Do we really think that they've been, that they're going to improve? I think we'd be in a situation where we have another Hayward or two on our hands with $22, 23000000 million a year contracts of guys we can't get rid of. I think doesn't Baez strike out 33% of the time, a third of his, almost a third of his plate appearances? And we've all been frustrated every year that these guys have not performed to their peak level, which was 2016 for most of them. So we don't. I can't project that five or ten years from now I'm going to be happy these guys are signed to long-term deals. I love the guys, but really, realistically, if we were going to trade these guys at their peak, it would have been five or six years ago. Paul, it's a good call, man. It's that's interesting that you you point that out. Thanks for the call. Three one two six forty four. 67, 67. I was kind of thinking the same thing when I was listening to Jed Hoyer talk about, you know, their earnest attempt to resign some of these guys. And then on the other side of his mouth, he's talking about all the failures since 2018 and needing to change the approach, which one would suspect would include needing to change players in some cases. So, uh, like, like I said, I think Chris Bryan and Anthony Rizzo would fit into what you might be trying to do in the next three or four years. Javier Baez does not in terms of wanting a contact guy. He fits in in a lot of other – we know that we know the boxes that Javier Baez checks, but but a consistent performer at the plate and doing the, the little things and all of that is not one of them, nor was it – Kyle Schwarber is an interesting case because – when he first came to the Cubs, he, he was a contact guy. Like, he, he took pride in hitting a long single as much as he did a home run, but he just became volatile as an offensive player. A guy who looked like an MVP and then a guy who looked like he should go down to AAA Iowa at times. But I think that I'd like to think that the, the long-term deals that the Cubs were most interested in were Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. It wouldn't have made much sense based on the failures of the offense since 2018 to – Think about guys like like Javier Baez, quite frankly. As great as he's been at times, as much as we all love watching him play the game of baseball, if they're talking about changing the face and the style of their team, he would not have fit into it. Monty is in Plainfield. Hi, Monty. You're on the score. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call and giving me a chance to chime in. Sure. Um, you know, like, like a lot of Cub fans on Friday, the um, trade deadline, I was – Shocked, dismayed, you know, not, I shouldn't say shocked and dismayed, but extremely disappointed and disheartened in, in the direction of the, uh, the teardown that the, the organization's taking. And I think it's a layered, uh, the disappointment's layered. You know, I feel kind of lied to by ownership. Tom Ricketts uh, years ago talked about the Cubs becoming a perennial contender. And he's right about one thing expectations have changed with the Chicago Cubs, uh, with those change expectations is, uh, you know, the fans' belief or expectation that, you know, the, the team is going to be a contender. It, it's going to have a chance to win year in, year out. Uh, teams like the Yankees are, you know, even in their uh, reset a few years ago, are always in the mix uh, for, for contention. 
the second layer of this, and it's actually kind of a, a couple of layers, is on the front office side. Uh, you just said it yourself, and I listened to the Hoyer interview this morning uh, with, with, with Bernstein and Rahimi. When Jed Hoyer talked about Theo's statement about the offense being broke in 2018, they knew that. They recognized it. They did nothing. They waited three years to, to tear down this team when they knew they had a problem then. Uh, if they either wouldn't or couldn't supplement the, the core with major league players uh, and, you know, the other failing, as I see the front office had, was that they, they failed to develop what Theo used to call waves of talent. Uh, the minor right. league system is, you know, has been rebuilt over the last two, three years under Kantrovitz, but they went about three, four years, uh, you know, after these, after the four players graduated to the big league roster, and they couldn't develop not only pitching, but they couldn't develop uh, offense to supplement the, you know, contact hitters to supplement the, uh, you know, the power core that they had in their lineup, and that's excessively frustrating as a Cub fan. To get to the point that we're at now, uh, I do believe, perhaps naively, that there's a plan, you know, one that maybe can't be conveyed, but, you know, at this point, for a variety of reasons, because of the landscape of baseball and, uh, and the organization and whatnot, but it's just, it's, it's truly, the other day was truly a sad day, and mm-hmm. it's, it's very difficult to watch a team right now that's, you know, I don't want to say it's a triple-A team, but you know, four A team that, that really can't compete. It's it's just it's a it's an utter failure in all levels. Yeah, uh, Monty, thanks for the call. Really good one. And and let me address a few things. I do got to get to the break here, but yeah, I mean, under Jason McLeod, who was in charge of the minor league system, things did not go well. I like Jason McLeod. I dealt with him professionally, but the, he deserved to be taken out of of that that gig unfortunately. And year after year after year. I mean, he, he was there in front of our microphones admitting, yes, we have failed to develop pitching and even moreover other position players. Um, as far And I made the point too earlier, Monty, about the offense being broken. Like, they knew it was broken in 2018. They could have done the 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 rolling rebuild or whatever you want to call it right then and there. Like, you might not even have known it or felt it because the Cubs could have kept winning and then maybe have sort of built up their next core with a couple of tweaks and have been back to competing for a World Series right now if they had done made a dramatic move or two. Instead, they did it in just this blast form last week. I mean, they could have done this, and they talked about doing it, but just couldn't pull the trigger they just were just in love enough with their players that they couldn't deal with it tom ricketts by the way um i I understand that people are frustrated with him and you should be like the you darvish thing until i hear differently was a salary dump and nobody has told me differently and that does fall on on tom ricketts so you can be mad at him for that however i will say this that in Relative terms, Tom Ricketts has been a good owner, and here's why. It's because he he has allowed his the people under him, he has delegated authority and stayed out of the way. You know, when Theo Epstein came here, Theo Epstein probably had to have a hard conversation with him and say, hey, I'm going to sign here, but you got to let me do it my way, which is going to include some horrible years for the team that you own. It's going to require that you build me a million-dollar 
clubhouse and extend the offices and extend international scouting and extend remake the minor league facilities and infrastructure and coaching and the way we do business. And Tom Ricketts said, okay, go do it. And he let him do whatever the hell he wanted to do. Things have gotten cloudy in this last year, but for the most part, Ricketts has been owner friendly and, and compared to other owners that want to butt in. He knows what he doesn't know this year though. Yeah. that some with the U Darvish thing, that was ridiculous. Um, but beyond that, for the most part, Ricketts has done a good job for the Cubs in staying out of the way. All right, I am late for a break. By the way, later on we will we'll we'll play all that Jed Hoyer. A lot of people wanting to hear it, so we will do that for you later. But more coming up here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.